Hello, everyone. This is the D-Rays Bay Playoff Podcast Series, World Series Game 2, Instant Reaction. Rays tie up the series at one apiece with a 6-4 to four victory. Blake Snell on the mound. He looked sharp. The offense, they came alive. Ten hits, six runs. And we got Danny Russell, Darby Robinson, Jamal Wilberg on the show. Guys, we got to start off the show with Brandon Lau because he came out swinging the night. And what a sight to see in the World Series at Globe Life Field for, for him to, to come out like that in a moment like this. Um, Danny, Brandon Lau, what, what was it like to see him come out tonight? It felt so good. It felt so normal. Mm-hmm. You know, we spent the pre- previous podcast saying the offense needs to start hitting. And most of all, Meadows, Lau, Choi need to be hitting for yeah. the race to start winning some ball games. And Lau answered the call tonight, 106 miles an hour off the bat, 410 feet in the first inning. And then after Meadows got a hard hit through the infield to get on base, 104 miles an hour, 381 feet it skips off of the top of the wall for second home run of the night. It was a vintage Brandon Lau performance, and it was exactly what the Rays needed. Yeah. He, we we see Lau's been doing it, uh, a lot of good contact, right? He's had some good ha- uh, hard contact that did, didn't find the hole, and he's had a lot of bad swings. It's been, it's been both. He's had some a lot of bad luck, and he's also had not a lot of great – like well earned, well earned results, right? But today it was both. Those two home runs were absolutely earned. 106 miles per hour, 104 miles per hour, uh, crushed Gonzalez, crushed May. That's the that's the dog. That's the guy that you want in the two hole. That's the guy that Kevin Cash has been saying he's coming. Like he, this is the guy that was the team MVP. He's going to show up eventually, and he's back. And he's back right on time. It's felt like he's been on a milk carton for a while here and just <laughs> not coming through when we need him. You know, he's been 0 for 10 in his last 10 at bats in the first inning. That was his first hit in the first inning since the wild card round. Wow. And for all the heroics we've talked about with Randy Rosarena, and it's been an amazing story, but those heroics are there because we haven't gotten the production from the folks that you typically would see yeah. getting production from the race. So as Randy has slowed down, it's been right on time that you get the contributions from Lau and some of the other race hitters tonight. And okay, guys, uh, I want to talk about Blake Snell. But I'm challenging you guys to oh. not bring up Todd Titchener in that fourth inning yet. We can talk about it, but let's talk about how sharp. Fifth inning. Well, the yeah, fifth, fifth inning. inning. It was the fifth, fifth inning, inning with two outs. Right. But let's talk and about Blake, Blake Snell, Snell first. Game. Let's talk about Blake Snell first. That's all he wanted to talk about. Well, so okay. we're going to talk so about Blake his Snell. Inning. Guys, well, and I also just want to revel in the fact that for the second time ever, the Rays have won a game in the World Series. I'm still just talking yeah. about it. Awesome. Blake yeah. Snell. A no-hitter going for the vast majority of his night. He is the third pitcher in MLB history with two strikeouts in four consecutive innings. The other two pitchers are Sandy Koufax and Bob Gibson. Mm-hmm. This was a masterful performance from Blake Snell, and it was more than it was. It was Cyzilla. It was yeah. his Cy Young self showing up to play today, and it was exactly what the Rays needed if they were going to be competitive in the World Series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like the way he attacked the strike zone. All four pitchers were working. Uh, it, it was, it did, it did. Because if you look at 2018 uh, Snell and compare it to some of his other outings in other years, 
One of the biggest difference that you can see on a surface level is how he attacks the strike zone. And the way he pitched tonight is the exact same way he pitched in, in 2018. So, yeah, great to see. When he's not, I mean, we, we saw one of the stats earlier today was that he he is, he throws about 36% of his pitches in the zone. Yeah. It was this year in 2020. And he is a guy that nibbles. He is a guy that goes out of the zone a lot. He can sometimes spiral those things in a game mm-hmm. where, where it's going well, things start to go poorly, and then it just kind of spirals out of control. But this was not that tonight. I mean, fifth inning is its own thing, and I can't talk about why it's that thing but moratorium the the fifth inning it you know kind of went a little bit out of control but before that he was absolutely attacking folks like he was he was when he was missing it was pretty close it was it was he was missing on the pitches that he wants to miss Mm -hmm. where you're okay with giving up a a walk because this is the dodgers but you want to make sure that the next guy, you don't let it spiral out. And that's what Snell did. And this was the type of stopper performance that we really needed after, you know, Glassnell was not that. He was very shaky. He was he was walking people. He was not in command. Mm-hmm. Blake Snell was. And that was a huge, huge difference today. The talk so much has been about how much of a juggernaut this Dodgers offense is and this Dodger lineup and for Snell to have a no-hitter through four and a third and to get nine strikeouts, which easily should have been 10 for other reasons that we won't talk about, but nine strikeouts in that and it started off, that really set the tempo that the Rays, this really felt like a game that the Rays should win and mm-hmm. will win just from getting through that early start from Snell. And those sliders were just, they were they were unhittable. The way that he was throwing them and just getting getting swing and misses, it was a really great start by, by Sizilla. All right. You guys can talk about Todd Tishner now. Let's do it. Go for it. Uh, okay, so the bottom portion of the strike zone just didn't exist. Yeah, all night. And for both so, sides. So, sometimes the middle of the strike zone didn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> and, th- now, and that's the thing. We got we got to say that, right? Like, Todd Tishner, this was awful. I feel like there is a equal Dodgers podcast saying the exact same thing. Because this was a unforgivably bad performance in the World Series. This is a game two of the World Series. This is awful. And this was awful for everybody. You can't have that. I want to see the Los Angeles Dodgers face the Tampa Bay Rays, the two best teams in baseball. And I don't want to have to talk. I don't want to know who Todd Titchener is. Like, that's a that's a failing of MLB, that I actually know that he is one of the worst graded umpires yeah. in baseball. And he really showed it today. Like, the best players come out to play, and well, Man, oh, man, Todd Titchener did it. He earned every bit of that 63rd out of 63. Blake Snell basically just got squeezed. He's got two outs in the fifth inning, and he got no calls. Uh, And we can can probably analyze it tomorrow if we really want to. Uh, We might abstain just for sanity purposes because the Rays won this game anyway. On on D-Rays Bay Twitter, we did post uh, the, the snapshot from Baseball Savant five pitches squarely in the strike zone called balls five like you a bad a bad strike you know it's like oh that was a strike oh that that one strike could be a thing five in one inning of a no hitter with nine strikeouts what are you doing it got weird it in the same way uh you know glass now had one bad inning tishner had one very bad inning uh i'm not mad about the home run that blake snell gave up 
I mean, Taylor had to reach out and hit a curveball that I'm pretty sure was in the opposing batter's box. <laughs> I'm not really sure how he went opposite field with that, but it was sometimes a guy just gets a hit. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, one other guy, well, there's plenty of guys, but Manuel Margot, his performance, the way he worked counts today. And I've been big all season about praising the guys in this Rays lineup that can work counts. Yoshi, Yandi, uh, Jose Martinez did it while, while he was here. Manuel Margot did so tonight. He draws a walk in the second, uh, steals a base, gets on base again on the fourth on a, on a base hit, and then adva- injures himself, it looks like. Well, well, so that that one you're talking about, I believe he also fouls the ball up both the right field line and the yeah. left field line, and then does a little protection swing, and it's 110 miles an hour off the bat. This dude is just seeing the ball. Right, right. And then he, he, he ends up getting on base again in the sixth with another hit while injured. The Cash and the trainer go out and check on him. Cash says, don't worry, you're not stealing, uh, which yeah, one of the, the field the, mics picked up. The mic picked that up. You're not stealing right now. And so, of course, um, whoever the pitcher was at that time, uh, I don't know off the top of my head. Joe the Kelly. Dodgers. Yeah, Joe, Joe Kelly. Uh, picks off to first, uh, makes not a great throw. Muncie probably could have stopped it, but it gets past him, goes towards the wall. Margot's able to take second base. Uh, and he does not score that inning, but um, huge day for Margot. Uh, he had maybe one bit of miscommunication with Kevin Kiermaier in the outfield. That happens, I guess you could say. You hope it doesn't happen in the World Series, but it ended up not really costing the Rays. So, yeah, Manuel Margot is a guy that I just, I just wanted to shout out. I thought he had a great game tonight, and so did, so did everyone in this lineup. Working, working counts and, and getting on base a ton, a ton, and bringing in six runs. So, great job, Rays offense. And then the other guy is Joseph Patrick Wendell. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I, we, we talk about the, the contributions from, from all the Rays and, and everyone, but if he doesn't, you know, Wendell comes in and he's got three RBIs on the game. Lau's got the other three. But that double was clutch and then him getting a productive out to score score the run later in the game those are those are plays that really keep the go, keep the lead going keep the mm-hmm. game going really set the entire tone for this Rays offense and if not for and then his glove again just catching that whatever velcro glove he's got like you're playing with a toddler in the backyard that's just sitting there on third you know makes that great catch right off the bat and the out those are all key plays that ball is just a little bit higher he's a little bit out of place this is a completely different conversation we're having where we're not smiling in these conversations so again i think <laughs> joey wendell is one again one of those guys that did so much in the game but it's going to be so lost it's going to be lost in the conversation because of Lau's home run snell's performance and, and the umpire behind the plate yeah another thing eight of the ten hardest hit balls in in tonight's game came off of Ray's bats. Uh, the only other ones, were, there was a ground out by, uh, I can't see it right now, Cody Bellinger, and then Corey Seager's home run um, off of Fairbanks. So, Oh, my gosh, Pete, giving me a heart attack. He tried <laughs> the same pitch to Corey Seager twice, and yeah. that is the cleanest textbook home run. I If you just needed to capture for posterity for future generations, what does a home run look like? Corey Seager's home run to dead freaking center had to go like 450 feet that was bananas pete please don't throw the same pitch twice yeah but but we do have to say fairbanks came out and pitched really well that that one was a a rough one 
he also his other hit he gave up was the one where kk and margo kind of they were yeah, so far back it, turner does a little flare it it, it was speaking of yeah, hard it hits it was 74 miles an hour off the bat i went and looked it up because i was like that is weak sauce right yeah uh somehow that, kk and margo don't sauce. communicate on that uh it, it should have been caught by kk but other than that fairbanks really came in and was dominant like this mm -hmm. this is again we jamal was joking about it how basically fairbanks comes in usually and is a little over amped and is overthrowing and he's throwing balls in that first time and then he goes in the dugout and he comes out and he's usually like super calm mm -hmm. this time first appearance in the world series back i mean i was about to say back in texas he, he's never pitched in this stadium because he got traded but back in texas and that first inning was one of the cleanest most dominant innings we've ever seen from pete fairbanks yeah yeah no definitely it definitely pleased me and pete fairbanks um yeah, we, we said the Rays could get to the Dodger bullpen. Like, that was, like, the starting pitching, obviously, we got Bueller and Kershaw, who've been really good this postseason. You're going to struggle. But if you can get to the bullpen, and we talked about it a lot in Game 1, how the game could have been a lot closer. Um, today was a bullpen day for the Dodgers, and it showed. Uh, these are not their best pitchers. You're using guys like Dustin May, who can be very good, but is also very young. Um, Tony Gonsolin what? was okay. It, I mean, could have been a little better, but, I mean, he only pitched an inning in a third, so... Yeah, this is this is the day the Rays should have had offense, and they came through. Can we talk about Ginger Guard real quick? Yeah, because Dustin May. Here is the hits, the contact that Dustin May gave up. We ready for it? Uh, Randy Rosarena ground out 107.5 miles per hour. Brandon Lau home run 104 miles per hour. Austin Meadows single 108.4 miles per hour. Mike Zunino ground out 107 miles per hour. Willie Adamas ground out 92. Hey, got it under a hundred. Uh, <laughs> Joey Wendell hit. double. J Joey Wendell double. Ninety nine point eight miles per hour. Manuel Margot single. That's the one that scored two. Nine point five miles per hour. Dustin May, his line in Statcast with all this red is as red as that afro. Holy mm. moly! Yeah, not not his best day. Um, let's shift the conversation to Kevin Cash because, in my opinion, I mean perfectly managed baseball game tonight and we criticized him hard in game one and i think rightfully so um but comes out tonight he must have listened to the podcast i know i actually know he was listening uh, <laughs> uh and comes out game two perfectly managed game uh in my opinion i would like to hear your guys's takes but from the pinch hits the pinch runs the defensive changes and obviously the pitching decisions i really have nothing bad to say about kevin cash tonight I guess that means that everyone agrees. Yeah, no, I think <laughs> it's 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 another well-planned, well-managed game and, and good use. You know, there's uh, the blood pressure starts going up when you see Aaron Loop come in, uh, and it definitely can start coming up when you see him come back out for a second inning. But, you know, with all the, with the lefties that were up and, and understanding the three-batter rule, it's it makes sense, and, and Loop did what he needed to do, and we keep more rest for the bullpen to come in uh, in another yeah. game. Yeah, it played into Cash's hands as well, and because mm -hmm. uh, last game we we felt like maybe Dave Robertson had the upper hand, mm -hmm. and I feel like it kind of came back around and it really played into what Cash's strengths were for this game. Yeah, I mean we talked about it last night, Danny, and I think in the preview pod as well. The way the Dodgers set their lineup up, it's almost always lefty righty, lefty righty all the way through. And it's really hard as a manager to then try to exploit a cluster of left-handed hitters, which has been possible. Uh, it was possible in the Blue Jays series. It was possible when the Rays played Houston 
tonight, uh, Dave Roberts kind of really put himself in a bind. So you had Bellinger, Pollock, Hernandez. It, they were six, seven, eight. Edwin Rios, another lefty, pinch hits for Pollock in the sixth. And Jock Peterson pitch hits for Hernandez in the seventh. So now you do have a cluster of lefties. Bellinger, Rios, and Peterson, all left-handed hitters. Lo and behold, they come up in a high-leverage situation in a row, allows Kevin Cash to bring in Aaron Loop. He knows that he's going to get three left-handed hitters. Ultimately, that wasn't the case. When Loop comes out for the ninth, they decide to lift Peterson for Austin Barnes, which even though you don't have the lefty-lefty matchup, the fact that they're lifting Jock Peterson for Austin Barnes is a win in itself. Kevin, not only did Dave Roberts put himself in a bind, Kevin Cash forced his hand to bring in a, a worse hitter. Aaron Loop had to face him with the three-batter rule, but he's able to get the out. Diego Castillo comes in, gets the final out. And, and honestly, I think that was a huge part of the game. And if it had been managed a little bit differently, it was a close game. Like, if, if they have Pollock in there or Hernandez, we've seen both of those guys get big hits in big moments. That could have changed the outcome of the game right there. Yeah, I previously said on the podcast that I only wanted to see Aaron Loop in, in big big leads or, or big deficits. <laughs> but if he's going to pitch like that, I'll, I'll be happy to see Aaron Loop every, every night that he wants to go out there and get on the mound. But, yeah, I think Cash, well-managed, and we just get ready. We've got another day of rest. I think one of the things that to consider with game one was the Rays actually had to travel and, and the Rangers didn't. And yeah. so although there was a difference in the the timing there, yeah, this is really their, their first full day in Texas. Right. So – Get ready for game game three. Yeah, let's uh, hopefully bullpen gets rested up. They were able to use the entire A bullpen uh, tonight. Uh, let, I do want to talk about one more moment with Aaron Loop. That ninety-five mile an hour fastball to Cody Bellinger hmm. caught a lot of the plate, <laughs> and I hope he doesn't throw a pitch like that again. But what about the uh, the fortitude from Aaron Loop to throw ninety-five right there? Bat never left Bellinger's shoulders. I don't think he was expecting 95 right down the middle, but that's what he got. Sits down. Aaron Loop gets two strikeouts, both of them looking in this game. It is outrageous. Well, yeah, I mean, you're totally right. Uh, Go ahead, Darby. I was just saying, that's just like a gutsy call right there. That is (laughs) Aaron Loop saying, hey, MVP, let's see what you got. And that... That's incredible. And so he threw one there. It actually gets called a ball, the first one that he mm-hmm. put dead center. Uh, and then he goes right back to it, which maybe actually that's that's a, a hat tip to Todd Titchener because Bellinger's like, I guess that's a ball now. And then <laughs> takes it and it's like, that was a ball two pitches ago. I don't know what's going on. Uh, that was a huge moment, right? Like, and, and you mentioned it, how coming into the ninth, we all, I got confused. I, so this is the first time I've been confused by the three batter minimum rule because Smoltz even mentioned it like, oh, he has to face two guys and then they can go to mm-hmm. Diego. And I was like, no, he, he finished the inning with Bellinger. So he gets, you know, he gets Rios and then he can be pulled. But apparently it ending the inning and then coming yep. back, Cash knew it. And he knew that basically the, the worst case scenario is Austin Barnes, who's not a very fearsome hitter. It comes in and Lube gave up, you know, solid contact, but it right into Brett it, Phillips. And it was also a two run game. So if he gives up a home run there to Austin Barnes, obviously it's not ideal, but then you're still going one out. You turn the ball over to Diego, Diego Castillo, and all he's got to do is get two outs to get the save. He ended up only having to get one, worked out perfectly. 
Uh, and yeah, again, I, I really, I just, I loved the moves Kevin Cash made. Brett Phillips pinch running for Randy Rosarena might be equal running wise. I don't, I don't really know, but obviously Phillips, slightly better defender, uh, comes out there and he makes a play in the ninth. So yeah, good to see him Real on the, quick, in the game. You mentioned Randy Rosarena. It does need to mention one. He's getting the bonds treatment. The Dodgers are not giving him anything to really hit. Like he yeah. had like a couple of fastballs and that's about it. Which. Smart on the Dodgers. Good good management right there. Got a walk, earned a walk, and got an intentional walk. But he also got, he has to finally actually run. He's been jogging so much in this uh, post. <laughs> he got an inside hit, in, infield hit to uh, to Turner, who gave it a uh, heroic effort to try to get him out. Mm. But Randy's way too fast. That's his 22nd hit. That ties Derek Jeter's rookie hits postseason record. Uh, so, there you go. Randy Rosarina and Derek Jeter moving right over. Yeah. Yeah. L- last thing I'll say, and then I'll turn it over to you guys for final thoughts, is that after the, last night's 8-3 to three game, which we thought was probably a little closer than the scoreline showed, a lot of the narrative was, well, the Dodgers are just going to dominate this series. Uh, that's just not true. This is going to be a battle. It could go either way, but it's going to be a battle. It's going to go 6 or 7. And uh, tonight showed that, you know, the, the Rays – can hang with the Dodgers. They did hang with the Dodgers, and they will continue throughout the series. So those are my final thoughts. Anything else that you guys got? You came into the series and said that after two games, you'll be one and one with the loss coming against Clayton Kershaw. I don't know many folks or many race fans that might not be okay or think that this is a, a really good outcome and place to be. So I think regardless of the score, if you're going to drop the game with Kershaw on the mound and then you come through with Blake Snell and get ready for Charlie Morton in game three, I think if, if you're being realistic, this is probably the, the best case scenario you looked at coming into the series. Yeah, I'll agree 100%, Jamal. Danny, Darby, got anything? The, the offense really woke up today. Right. Yeah. Like they, they, they really, this was, we've been asking for it. We've been begging for it. 10 hits, good walks, worked counts, tons of hard contact. Like unbelievable. Like the, the outs were hard and loud. The, the hits were well-earned. Like this was a, they absolutely tagged ever. I mentioned the Dustin May ones, but they tagged Gonsolin. They tagged Alex Wood. They tagged Joe Kelly. Like this Everybody that was coming in from that bullpen for the Dodgers, they were whipping their necks around because the, the, the Rays were putting on really good swings. And before the game, I was mentioning this on Twitter that we have seen the Rays in a huge slump, right? Everybody is slumped. And this is looking like we basically played like a bottom five offense. That's not the Rays. The Rays are not the Braves. They are not a top five offense. However, they're an upper middle offense. Right. And that's way more than enough with this kind of pitching staff. You can't be a bottom five offense and survive for very long. However, this is the kind of offense that showed, right? You can put a good work ethic in against some good pitchers and then really abuse the bad pitchers. Mm -hmm. And six runs could have been even more. They had a lot more chances, but this was, they got some big hits. They got some home runs with people on base. They got the opportunity to, to add more. So this is the type of offense that, is not an outlier. This is not a fluke game. This is the offense that we are accustomed to, which is enough grinding at bats that you can produce enough runs that this pitching staff is going to be really tough to beat, even for a lineup like the Dodgers. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, that is going to do it for tonight's instant reaction. Oh, Danny's got one more thing. 
It was my turn. I was letting Darby finish. Well, I thought I thought you were just gonna jump in. <laughs> okay, here's my here's my takeaway. Here's here's where I'm thinking about this series because I there's gonna be at least five games. But when it comes to a sports cliche, if I if I may be allowed, there are such things in the World Series as a must-win game. Okay. And the Dodgers have decided that game two, game four, and a possible game six are all bullpen days. Yeah. And as far as I'm concerned, two, four, and six are must-wins mm-hmm. if it comes to six. Because the other games in this series are going to be Kershaw, Bueller, Kershaw, Bueller. Yeah. Right. That's enough to win a World Series right there. So. That, they only have two starting pitchers. Those two starting pitchers might be able to lock it down. Yeah. So we have game three coming up against Bueller. If you can sneak that one, Razor in a fantastic position. Uh, but just taking one of those four outings and getting the three bullpen days is a reasonable path to a world series victory in six mm-hmm. and uh or seven mm. wow uh, yeah. we saw it, it today way? and it's that's the recipe for success uh now i'm getting a little hot and bothered so i think that's gonna do it for the d-rays bay <laughs> playoff podcast series world series game two instant reaction it's best of five series from here on out gentlemen so it's gonna be fun we get an off day we get to relax. We get to think. We get to go crazy in our own heads. But thank you to everyone for listening. If you want each of these episodes downloaded directly to your device, make sure to subscribe to our podcast feed. We had another interview with Dan Shulman that came out today. Um, some great insight on the rest of the series. If you haven't listened to it already, I highly recommend it. And make sure, as always, to head on over to DRaceBay.com to check out all of the great coverage from this 2020 postseason run. Thank you once again for listening, and we'll talk to you after Game 3. If the Rays and Dodgers are both getting bad calls, is that a tish for tat?